This is the Complete Discography Podcast, where I, Darren Huffke, and my co-host, Austin Johns, break down the entire catalog of some of our favorite bands. Season one, we are focusing on the Alkaline Trio. We hope you enjoy the episode. Lost my note. There it is. All right. Uh, this uh, this episode, we're talking about the Agony and Irony album from Alkaline Trio. Uh, this one was released July 1st, 2008. So 2008, where were you? 2008, I was living in Phoenix. I lived, um, I think I was living in like... Central Phoenix, I think, um, like downtown Phoenix. And I was working at uh, University of Phoenix, a job that I just really hated, I remember, when this came out. It was actually like, uh, yeah, because I, I had the CD, so I burned some CDs and like gave them to coworkers. Like, oh, you might like this band. You know, <laughs> check out this album. And you sure gave them this album that. specifically? Yeah. It oh, was new at the time. It's the new like, one, so here you go. Yeah, dude, I don't know why I did that. It's really weird and not really like me necessarily to do that, <laughs> but I did for some and it wasn't like I was like trying to like impress people or like, like hit on somebody or anything. I was just like kind of. That just, sounds like you, like, yeah, impressing people and hitting on people. That sounds definitely like you. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, judges? No, I don't think you have judges in your apartment. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have room for a desk. We have room. For a a panel of judges. judges. Table is taking up a lot of space. Oh, gotcha. That's that's uh, the reason right there. No, it was just I thought about that when I was listening to this because I gave it to like this one chick that I worked with who like, it's like a single mom, but kind of like, you know, vaguely alternative music and stuff. And like, she ended up liking it. She was like, Oh, it was really, or she said she liked it. Yeah. Um, but I think she may have, I don't know. Um, I don't know. So I remember when this album came out, um, I remember like not being disappointed by it necessarily. Like I was like, Oh, I was just excited for like new Alkaline Trio music. So I was like, cool. This is the new Alkaline Trio. I'm going to listen to it a lot. Um, but as time has gone on, I'm kind of more like, you know, um, we'll see how it plays out, but I'm thinking this will be on the lower end of, um, of my ranking of their albums all time, I think. Yeah. The, what was it? So it was about a two year gap between albums for them from here to infirmary to good morning was two years. Good morning and crimson was two years on the month. And this was, um, so May of '05 was Crimson. This was July of 2008. So three years and a couple of months. So this is a little bit of a longer gap, I guess. Maybe, you... Yeah, maybe that's why I was kind of like, oh, cool, there's just a new album and I'm going to enjoy it. You know, I don't know. What about you, though? What was, uh, what was that time? 2008. Um, I remember working at GameStop. That's where I was at. Because um, we had like a Muzak system that would play like... It wasn't even like bad music necessarily, but because uh, it was like some like alternative like playlist or whatever that was on there. But power to the players, yeah, power to the players. Rest in peace. Or they're still around, I guess. They're still powering players nationwide. Um, in Canada, it's EB Games, so same company, but they don't use the GameStop moniker. Uh, so in the back, like right near my back door, was the Muzak player, like right there, and all it had was just two like inputs for audio so i just had a simple like auxiliary to like left and right white and red like audio jack cable and i was like okay no more music now i'll just listen to whatever i want and i remember when this album came out i play it and i do remember 
I think there's like an F bomb in calling all skeletons or help me. I think it's just maybe maybe there isn't. I feel like there might be an F bomb somewhere, and every time it would come up, I would try and like out loud talk, like so like customers weren't paying attention to the music, like no matter what would happen. Um, and maybe I'm confusing it for the next album. Uh, think of a song you might be right, but I just it's not coming to me right now. It could be. Boy, I could be confusing this for just another album. Um, but because I no, because what would it, oh this addiction no you know what that was probably this addiction when that happened so this story and anecdote has no relevance to this album so in 2008 I was still also working at GameStop um, nothing had changed there on that front in those in between years um, but I do remember there was uh, they released it early um, not early but like in vain and. I yes. think helped me, but I don't remember the other song specifically, but it was just a couple months or a couple weeks in advance. And I remember listening to those a lot before that was the whole album came out. I definitely remember in vain. And I think help me might've been early as well, but not positive. So wait, there's no swearing on this album at all. It doesn't seem like maybe I'm not thinking, wondering about that now. Yeah. We'll have to try and pay attention to that. Um, Coincidentally. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> Label album doesn't have any swearing. Mm. Yeah, the major label album. Yeah, that's the uh, the next the in Walmart. <laughs> yeah. The next uh, notable uh, call out is that it's on Epic Records. Um, that's when this is the only album they released on Epic Records. I guess during the recording and production of this, uh, they originally signed to V2 Records. Um, on V2, there was like the White Stripes and the Blood Brothers and like kind of quirky indie artists that were you know getting some major backing type of thing. Um, but V2 Records ended up shutting down during this whole process of putting the album together and everything. So then they signed on with Epic because I guess some of the people from V2 moved over to Epic and they were like, sure, we'll kind of go along. Um, that allowed them to kind of get the funding and everything they needed from a major label and have this be their first release. But just a few months after the album was released, I guess Epic shut down like their like rock or alternative like arm i don't know whatever yeah. subdivision or something like that it wasn't like they had a different name for anything they just kind of got rid of the people working on that so um after that alkaline show i guess asked the label like if they could just be let go and epic allowed that because they had no need for them and they weren't going to hold them to some kind of like contractual like obligation to release more records so they got to kind of talk about it in a few interviews I've read that they basically got major label funding, major label support, like studio time and um, marketing even leading up through and like the launch of the album and then had yeah. to like pay no debts to the like album or to the label after that, which is like usually where people start getting burnt out from like the major label exposure, which is kind of interesting. Um, but Epic records. Yeah. And you called it out, um, I think maybe we talked about it on the last episode, or maybe we just talked about it in person, but they were on uh, The Hills? Was that The Hills? It was, um, uh, yes, it was The Hills. The Lauren Conrad, like, fake reality show or whatever. Yeah, The Hills. Yeah. They were on, yeah. Yeah, I ended up uh, using my Paramount Plus access to go to the specific episode and watch it. And I think they're playing in vain in the studio when the characters, yeah. like, walk in and, like, observe them it's really awkward and it's really it is yeah it, i i also ended up watching it and like i forgot how bad like scripted reality tv <laughs> was back then where it's just like this does i mean 
I mean, we know it's fake, but like this seems like just so ludicrously, you know, scripted that like. Yeah, I mean, I guess they've gotten better with it, but like, you know, geez. I mean, what kind of shows are like that still? I mean, I didn't know if it really was a reality show or not, like originally when it aired, but like. I mean, I'm, I guess, like, you're talking about, like, Keep It Up With The Kardashians and things like that, where it's, like... I, I, yeah, I think a lot of those shows have, like, maybe not 100% scripted, it, obviously, but, like, scripted moments. There's, like, there's things that are, you know, set up a, a way to kind of, you know... Yeah, like, we're, I'm, we're gonna... I want this conversation to go this way. We're gonna talk about it in advance and then probably mm-hmm. film us having the conversation the way we want it to go just for the advertising. But this, they clearly have, like, lines and stuff like that. They have yeah. to say, like... Oh, I'm going to go to the party instead then. And it was just like, he's really good. Yeah, just, they commented on the band's playing and like I guess one of the characters' job was like working in this studio, like helping them out and just yeah. had some friends kind of crash and then the friends were like unimpressed and just kind of like whatever. But they like gestured towards the band, like, Oh hey, you guys sound great and like you know, like waved at them so as if Alkaline Shoe was supposed to have like recognized and seen the characters, but they were never yeah. like in the same frames and like having dialogue. I was thinking about how bizarre that was. That had to have been like just something from the label or somebody at the label was like, here, I'm going to like, you know, do something to try to like, you know, promote this album or whatever. Right. Like, I mean, like, it's just really bizarre. though. I guess it says something to do with Sony uh, from what I was reading, because Sony, I guess, owned Epic and then Sony owned or was working with whoever was producing the show or maybe Sony was one of the producers of that show. Uh, I don't know, but they just, you know, that was part of that major label cross-pollination that they had exposure to. If they wanted it or if they benefited from, from it, I don't know. But it's uh, it's been a weird scene that just kind of, yeah. It's hard to imagine that that really changed anyone's minds about like, oh, well, I've never heard of this band. I'm going to check this album out. But yeah, maybe. I heard there wasn't 30 of seconds really of it. Either from what I remember the clip, it was just kind of like, no, and it's a heavily edited version of the song too, because like it, he like sings part of the verse, but then like it kind of cuts to being just like background music, like low in the background while the characters talk, and then it just like cuts into a chorus where like the scene ends, and it was just like like really jumbled together. It's weird, yeah. but it was a uh, major TV uh, time for them and screen time for them. Yeah. It wouldn't be until uh, Live Freaky, Die Freaky that they would come back to the screen in some kind of way. <laughs> I think Skiba was, was probably in... before, I think. Oh, that's true. That probably was before. Skiba <laughs> probably was involved with that, I that think. name is terrible. <laughs> Live Freaky, Die It literally just came to my mind right now. I was remembering, like, the Charles Manson puppet. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. I, like, I forgot all about that. Uh, shout out to Hellcat Records produced animated style films with a number of voice actors who have never done voice acting before. Uh, of all your favorite bands um yeah so weird uh info on that this was produced by josh abraham never heard of the guy don't know anything about him but when i looked up what he had worked on some engineering notes he worked on danzig 666 album um he's produced limp biscuit and stained um on their early albums where they still had you know quality and talent um you know the good stuff yeah <laughs> i think it was uh no, 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 never mind. <laughs> uh, later on in his career, I guess he worked with 30 Seconds to Mars, Courtney Love, Weezer, Unwritten Law, who I still don't know how they've ever been a successful band ever in their entire career, but just one of those bands that just kind of phones it in. Maybe there's fans of them. I don't know, but they, uh, they've forever existed. I know they've had singles. But I, I can't think of a song that they're... They've, I'm not, sure. I don't know their... 
Sure, I don't, I don't know. And when I okay. try and think of what they look like, I was you could name one for oh me. no, no, I, I literally, I just the name just like pops in my head. I can't imagine what they look like, but I feel like every time I think about them, it's like amalgamations of like uh, uh, MXPX and um, like Lagwagon and like various just like pop punk bands and all that stuff of that time. It's somewhere in there, except maybe a little more um, like even more mainstream somehow. Yeah, Sugar Ray uh, style influence, Mark McGrath. Uh, as a visual uh, staple there. Yeah. You know, I didn't care for him as a musician, but I loved him as a host on Extra. Yeah. Yeah. Mark McGrath did a great job. Yeah. He rejuvenated um, his career in entertainment, you know, even though he wasn't fronting the mic in front of the boys in Sugar Ray, he was fronting the studio uh, from all the viewers and watchers from Extra. Uh, that's an odd... I don't know how he got that job, but good for him. Good for him. He probably has... You know, a bunch of money in the bank because of all of his life choices. Probably, yeah. Um, and let's... Oh, last thing to note. The, it was titled, the album title, Agony and Irony. Uh, part of it was influenced from Harvey Danger's Flagpole Sitta. There's the lyric where the agony and the irony are killing me. And yeah, that's, I guess, in an interview, it was said. I don't know if it was tongue-in-cheek or not, or I don't know if it was just coincidental <laughs> or not. I remember liking that song as a small child because that was one of the things listening to on the radio. So, I mean, it's kind of a, a fun note in my mind. Yeah, I think it's a cool song and everything, but, like, super odd. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, maybe it is tongue-in-cheek. I don't know. I mean, at that point, what, that song maybe came out in 98, 97? Uh, yeah, something like that. And this album was released in 2008. So, like, a decade later, like, call back to a song that was no longer in relevance. And, uh... The guy from the band ended up becoming like a music journalist and all that stuff, and he, he stopped making music himself. So it wasn't really? like they were continuing. Yeah, he's uh, oh. reading something about, I don't know, I got stuck in some Wikipedia loophole and uh, ended up reading a bunch of stuff about that guy. But yeah, he's in, he guess he's still a music journalist to this day uh, and got some clout doing that. Okay. Um, cool. Well, uh, let's get into the album then. Uh, what has it got? It's got 11 tracks. 40 minutes long and yeah there's a deluxe version that you can find um like on apple music or uh digitally and things like that that has acoustic songs um five acoustic tracks from the album as well as an acoustic version of maybe i'll catch fire which to me it's like bad religion redoing 21st century digital boy just like oh we got to throw a, a single on there let's go ahead and get one of our old jams out and I feel like they always throw that one on there. Like, here's a live version of Maybe I'll Catch Fire, or here's, you know, yeah. I don't know, here's this, yeah. Yeah. But, huh. yeah. All right, well, let's uh, get into it. Here's the first song, Calling All Skeletons from Agony and Irony. Here it is again, yet it stings like the first time. Seems it never ends, double nickels on your dime. I thought we were friends, I guess it just depends who you ask. These feelings tend to leave me with a hole. I'll uh, skip ahead to the chorus.
Yeah. I think it starts off with an interesting bang, like the the weird like clappy intro, and the music's you know got some good energy to kind of open the album. I think it's a good, um, it's a catchy song from them for sure. Like it's got enough pop to like, you know, hopefully appeal to this major label era they're ushering themselves into, uh, and it's a pretty decent Alkaline Trio song. Yeah, I, I think it starts out pretty strong. Uh, well, really strong, really. That like. It's a fun song, you know, um, and I like the opening with like the clapping and just kind of like that um, quietness to it before it kind of picks up. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, <laughs> if you hear that first song, you're kind of like, oh, I'm in for a treat. This is going to be a good album. Lyrically, I mean, it's uh, got this, you know. Uh, broken relationship, kind of skiba crooning and all that stuff, which is really good. Paints a, a fun picture. I don't know that I define this as uh, darkness at all. If we're going to start our darkness counter here, um, yeah. But yeah, I, don't, I definitely would not put it in that category. I think the whole song's pretty much just based on like that phrase of having skeletons in your closet, more or less, right? Yep. Pretty, so uh, hit it on the really, head there. <laughs> yeah, not really. A, evil at all but uh yeah but uh good song and then uh i think i said it before but uh for whatever reason my oldest kid uh i said she's eight she'll be nine in a couple days when we're recording this but she uh loves that song that's like one of her favorite songs she'll be like facetiming some of her friends and actively listening to that and everything and uh she lets apple music basically uh play similar related songs to that and she's now found a few other songs um and like made a whole like two hour playlist of like like punk and pop stuff that she enjoys but just became from calling all skeletons because she heard it in the car one time and uh really enjoyed it really odd yeah that's i mean that's cool though it could be a lot worse she could be like really into um well um, what is popular music right now there's a lot of weird stuff i think lady gaga i mean she's well, i okay. like her yeah she's fine i wouldn't care if she like listen to her so more like something crappier i can't think well i mean it's part of this she did discover a panic at the disco song and so she does like a one of those and i'm not personally a fan that she's a fan of them but hey you know it's it's in the ballpark you know i think you have high standards dude it could be a lot worse it could be like uh <laughs> i don't know it could just order some crappy music i mean like doja cat's fine but it could be much like doja cat or like you know uh sure i guess like i guess if i'm if I step back and try and look at what she could be listening of all to, all the music yes, that's out yes, there, yeah. of all music, yes. But I'm like still thinking that she's not going to break out of this at least like pop punk or alternative bubble. But clearly, <laughs> she could know. be wildly. That might yeah, yeah, and that's fine. That's fine if she does. Uh, it's just it's interesting that she's into this now. Yes. Um, uh, let's move on to the next song. Uh, track two is "Help Me," and I'll play that now.
laid down at the chorus, but the chorus kind of explains itself there. Um, that song also had some backing vocals in the back, but it wasn't like obviously Dan or anything. It sounded like it was just like a Skiba track of himself doing like his own backing vocal, um, which is just kind of interesting. Um, they uh, the so far these two songs though, like I really like them. Like this is a, a really good song on this album. The I forgot to mention it up top, but specifically the band wanted to go for kind of like a rock anthemy type of like like a big epic rock album, you know, um, mm. or a big rock epic sound for this. So that's why there's kind of a lot of these like louder kind of like big sonic sounds and swelling that, that tries to like you know bring people into like an arena rock Led Zeppelin type of thing. Huh. I wasn't aware of that, but that actually does add. Um a little bit of context to some of the later songs on this. That, yeah. You know, maybe they work or maybe they don't, but um, uh, this song I like pretty good for this album because of what's to come. Um, <laughs> but I used to like this song a lot more and I just don't, I mean like in the grand scheme of like Alkaline Trio songs, it really to me is not anything special at all. Like honestly for me. Um, and then also one time somebody, <laughs> Somebody compared the chorus to the love me, oh, love yeah. me, say that. And ever yeah. since then, I, it's always in my head when I hear it. You're not yeah. wrong. You're not wrong. Help uh, help me. Say that you help me. Oh, yeah, no. Nope. Different song. Like, um, and I don't know. I, I don't dislike it. I actually, for this album, it probably is a higher ranking song for me. And then I guess there's the thing where it's been like said multiple times or openly said that. You know, Skiba had watched uh, the movie Control, you know, which was the Joy Division. Uh, Joy Division, mostly focused on Ian Curtis, kind of uh, biopic sort of a thing. And so then after, like, I don't know, yeah, it's a little weak as like a song about that movie or about that man a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. A little bit. So, but as a song, it, I, I do like it. I, I definitely, don't, yeah, I enjoy the song. Yeah, it doesn't like have like a an obvious call out or like tie to like Ian Curtis or Joy Division or that movie specifically. I can kind of hear it tangentially. I think maybe if you like try and re- interpret some of the lyrics or something like that, but it doesn't jump out to me. Like if I didn't read that it was influenced by that, I wouldn't have known. I would have just assumed it was just an original song of theirs, just inspired by some personal life events or something. Yeah, um, but I do still enjoy the song. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so let's move into the next song. Track three is the first Dan song, uh, In Vain. My point of reference makes me afraid to begin convincing But you might as well just change your name Cause I only recognize a shadow Kind of like a superhero With nobody's best interests in mind Now there's blood in the water that I squeezed from this stone here And we turned into our cheap wine And I swallowed every drop, yes I could feel my stomach rotting You were so supportive as I drank through the pain You recognize this shape, it's the back of your head You placed it on my face here again and again 
chorus ends well, but I'll fade it out there. Um, yeah, that's a good Dan jam. Like musically, it's got some like funk to it. I like like the, the strong bass through it, and like that really kind of like slow staccato, like pop, 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 pop tempo. Um, the chorus kind of like lifts it up and gives it some energy and everything. And even lyrically, I like the like the images and all that stuff that he kind of like talks about and everything through it. Um, yeah, sounds it's a good song. Yeah, I really like this one um, a lot. This is like one of the highlights of the album for me. Um, yeah, like you said, super solid chorus. The um, the music in between though, um, on the verses is like it. it um, for me, invokes like some kind of like. Uh, like another culture a little bit, like almost like it almost sounds like you'd be like some kind of Spanish kind of vibe going a little bit. Oh yeah. I don't know why that is. Um, there's like a, there's like the side snare, like taps, like it might be that. Yeah. It's just like that, that constant kind of gives it kind of like a little bit of a rattle and a roll. And then even like the, it's got like a danciness to it. I mean, it's got like a pop influence, which is a lot of the, the album has too, but Yeah. It's it's different, but it's still clearly like a Dan song and an Alkaline Trio song, um, which I like, but completely fresh. fresh yeah, and clean. yeah. Um, I really like that one. Yeah, I don't know. And you got to appreciate a, a backing uh, whoa whoa, you know, whoa whoa. You do. I yeah. mean, everyone loves those. Um, also, though, it, it does, and lyrically though, it's like and mentioning like you know, so maybe. Domestic situations that aren't ideal, maybe for him, apparently. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a bad relationship, uh, separation, breakup, ending, uh, just poorly recognizing, reflecting on uh, how things went. But there's some some good lyrics. I mean, they, they all they fit and they rhyme, but it's still like really creative and all that stuff with how he puts it together. So good song. Um, and then you mentioned this in the last album. There, the album got into a streak of songs that were all pretty catchy and pretty good. Um, I feel we're coming up on a streak here um, of maybe the inverse, but you know, I don't know. I don't want to maybe jump ahead, but we'll kind of, you know, kind of well, hear. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it kind of sucks because, like, these first. Th- I mean, I I had some shit to say about "Help Me," but I still like that song. Those first three songs have been like solid, good songs. Yeah, so yeah. far. Yeah. And then that brings us to track four, a Skiba track, Over and Out, which I'll play now. of that one uh i don't know just i am not inspired by that song that song doesn't have like any like real creative like energy or drive for me 
um, like he, reading about how they wanted it to be this like a rock epic album. Like I can definitely see that they like if they played like an arena show and they had like a little bit of a light show going, that would be like that calm like interlude or intermission song they play and hope that like looking at the crowd, they just see like all these lights just kind of are like like lighters in the air or something like that. I don't know, but uh, I'm just not not one of their best. Um, and at this point, it's one of their worst songs in my opinion. But not not again, a band we love. Love all the mm. albums, you know, yes, there's hits and misses, but ultimately at the end of the day, it averages out very high. This is on the lower end of the spectrum for me. Yeah, I think you, just from the years talking to you about, like, different songs, and you know, I think you probably dislike this one more than I do, but I'm by no means a fan. Um, I, like, I think for me, like, I don't have an issue necessarily with any of the music, although the slower tempo portions of the song are kind of boring to me musically like the bass line is kind of cool in those sections and they do i don't know yeah uh, but it's not terribly annoying it picks up pace for the chorus my main issue is always just been the lyrics of the song honestly mm-hmm. in the sense that like yeah i don't get it, it just doesn't do anything for me you know yeah and I, it it some of it seems like skeebish stretching a little bit where like i don't know it's just me saying this, obviously. I don't know. He's he's the songwriter, but I just feel like it doesn't feel as genuine as maybe for me as a, some of his other songs. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it's always kind of dicey when 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 Skiba has like anything vaguely political in a song because like not that I disagree with any of that stuff, but like he's just not the person that like I think to or look to for like that kind of content necessarily i don't know i mean like it's pretty vague in this song he'll have future songs that maybe continue that but um... yeah yeah this like you know love lost from you know i mean the ideas of like a military or overseas kind of relationship or something like that you know uh or or the the dealing with residual effects of that coming home and everything like that yeah like it's just yeah again Skiba might personally be moved or influenced or drawn to that or whatever, you know, that's fine. But a lot of his past songs, you know, aren't so clearly like written that way or anything. So this one does just kind of just feel a little out of place or not even out of place. It's just not up to like how creative or not necessarily on the nose as this one can kind of be as long as, as far as his design. Yeah. And I know some people like this song quite a bit, so that's cool too. You know, I mean, I it just never really did much for me, but um, yeah, yeah, that's over and out, yeah. over, over and out. The uh, mm-hmm. so, over and out with that song uh, for me, I guess. Again, I yeah. probably like it less than you do, but it's still a no. Fun I'm song. not a fan of it at all. I uh, I, di- I don't like it very much, but I think you probably dislike it more so yeah. than I do. So yeah, the next song though. Um, I found a way it's listed as I found a way like not here, but a way or, you know, like there, but I think it meant to be, I found a way. I don't know if it's like, a. I think it's like, I found a way like a way from you. Oh, okay. So it is like a little bit of a punny play like, on get away. Like kind of oh, okay. um, but it features, features Douglas P who I actually didn't talk about that up at the top, but he's from, uh, um, long running kind of creative band. I forget the name of the band, but it's like a European band and it's got Death in June. No? Yeah, Death in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it's got its own history and he's got his own kind of um 
just kind of colorful, like kind of past. You can read up about the guy. It was, I guess, kind of a a strange thing to do to feature somebody like on him on the album, but he just kind of like shares the little like verse, um, that spoken word type thing that starts the song. And then it kind of leads into just an alkaline trio song, but let's uh, listen to that here. I found a way. Midway on Elmwood's journey, I found myself in dark woods. The right way to find myself to tell about those woods is hard. To tell about the savage for thinking of it now. I feel the old fear stirring. Stumbling through the dark with a broken heart All alone at it once again Seeping in like a feeling you haven't felt since way back when In the dead of that night like the summer of Sam I got word of the promotion you caused me a telegram And got all worked up We got all worked up I found a way picks up pretty quickly after the uh, spoken word intro thing there um which i didn't take note of of what that's from actually it's some kind of like famous like text i don't want to say it's dante's inferno i think i accidentally said it was dante's inferno on the previous episode but it's something in that vein um but yeah uh your thoughts on the song um i like this one quite a bit i mean it's um very not outline trio I guess musically, but um and it I mean I do find it funny that like, you know, all the bands that signed like majors at this time had to have like a song that kind of sounded more like not necessarily electronic y, but a little bit more like dancey and kind of just like I don't know if it was like killers were still popular or something was going on, but like a lot of bands had to have like at least a song that kinda of had some elements of that. I'm not saying that's what happened here, but um and usually I'm kind of like, oh, God, this didn't work at all. But um, I actually like this song quite a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I love this Especially song. Especially for this album, it's, it's going to be a higher ranker for me. Yeah, yeah I love this song. I uh, I think that, yeah, it 100% is that, like, you know, how do we write that hit or that single or whatever for this album? Like, this is definitely probably what they were, like, like leaning towards. But, um, or one of the ones they were leaning towards, probably. Uh, but I I think even, like, the drumming I think is what makes it anchored to an alkaline trio song because it does get like poppy and dancey, but like when the the drums kick in the beginning, they have like that really unique kind of like playful, like, you know, Derek beat that he's been like kind of doing like it, the song could totally be like bland or totally be like generic or poppy, like way too much if they just kind of phoned in those drums. But I think it, it got like really like kind of catchy and playful, but s- still, I think that's what the anchor was to the song for me because the, the guitars and everything are pretty driving and, and not necessarily like as flavorful as, you know, what other Alkaline Trio songs could be. Um, I do think we add this to the darkness count. Um, it talks about, um, you know, the fear and through the flames and it mentions like uh, an analogy to the summer of Sam and all that stuff. 
and then starting with that, you know, interesting, like, occult-like, you know, speaking, you know, from old it's Dougie P. You're probably right. You're probably right on it's that. It's a stretch. It's a stretch, you know. Sure. Okay. I might be pulling my hammy here, but, you know, it's a little bit of a little bit of a stretch. No, I'm getting it a little bit. I thought about it beforehand because I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that then. And also, I didn't mean to be like, oh, you know, they were just like, they only did the song because, like, major label stuff. I, that might be a coincidence that that happened because, you know, they, like, there was a period where they definitely were trying, like, different things on albums. I mean, like, yeah. I think the next album has, like, that trumpet happening on um, oh, yeah. lead poisoning and stuff. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, and that's not a major album at all. That's, you know, that was another, yeah. it was like Epitaph or something or whatever. So, Heart and Skull. Um, <laughs> sure, In sure. partnership with Epitaph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. it's their own little little sub thing or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 I'm okay, yeah, I, I mean, th- this is definitely, like, this was 2008, and if they were thinking they were signing to a major and all that stuff, like, I don't think they were forced to do it. Yeah, I don't think that's what you're saying either, is they were forced to do it. But I definitely no. think if they were taking their swing, I think they let themselves take the swing on this, and or like some of the songs on here. So um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a swing and a miss. It was, you know, but it was them definitely taking a swing, I think, being with the budget yeah. probably that they got, and at the time they had in the studio. And like, there's like just a lot of other bands that kind of have that. I can, I mean, and this is getting off topic even, but like, I'm thinking about like um, New Wave from Against Me, for example. Like, and it's it's like not on this level of like what's going on, but like the song "Stop" to me is like that same kind of idea yeah. that it's like okay, we need this kind of like more upbeat, dancey kind of like song that we're gonna do, you know? Yeah. Or the band wanted to make that song. I have no idea. Yeah, but, I mean, it could be a hybrid of both. You know? I but... thought on the inside. On the inside. <laughs> On the inside. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah. That's just that, that was a song that just gave you a little bit of a peek of inside baseball of what it's really like, you know, with uh, getting wind and done by these old corporate fat cats. Oh man. <laughs> These percentages are yeah, really I mean you got you got some real specifics on, on how much they got that cut. <laughs> I love that song though. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. Um all right, so that was another Skiba song. Uh, we move into track six now at this point in Do You Want to Know? You know what's a good version to hear that song is that live album one because uh, Dan's got some raspy voice going on probably because they are singing eight albums over four nights and it's being recorded and all that stuff but uh, it sounds yeah. uh, it it brings a little bit of a you know toughness to the song that it doesn't have on this recording um, and then he still hit like little like throat or uh, the, the highs like so close my, like he still sings that yeah. live like I. I'm embarrassed that I even sing that much of it there, but um, he sings that live and it comes out really well. Uh, That being said, not a big fan of the song. I'll have to check out the live version. Um, This song, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I think like lyrically, it's actually pretty strong at times. 
I like that high note that he hits. Um, the verses I really like. I think it's just that chorus goes maybe a little. I don't know how many times they even have it in the the song, but for me, it just kind of it's. Oh yeah, a little too frequent. It kind of I'm just like, okay, and it comes yeah. back. It comes roaring back for like the two times at the end or something like that. That's just I think they it's, could have lopped it off. Yeah, and it's um, it's just for, it's a little too. And it's just for me, Dan can be a little bit too kind of sappy sometimes for me in some of the mm-hmm. songs. And this is one where for the chorus, it's just too sappy. And it kind of kind of kills the vibe for me a little bit. But, I, yeah. you know, I'm all right with this. I, I think the lyrics, though, to this song are really good, though. I do like I agree with what you said. Um, like the, the spine really is, is slipping stuff. like yeah, a fault line. And like, like a fault line. Yeah. It's like. He's he's uh, good. Yeah. He's a so good lyricist. And yeah, the song is it's not a bad song, but it's you know no. lower on the album for for me. But um, we'll see about that then. <laughs> yeah, <we'll, laughs> we will see. I guess we'll move into song seven. Then uh, we're gonna look at "Live Young, Die Fast" uh, by Met Skiba and the Alkaline Trio. this way It's in our eyes Like shallow graves But we are one with the larva and dirt We don't discriminate at all for what it's worth So live young Die young and we died fast with that one um i will say at at the top i'm gonna start the debate for this one here darkness yes or no um i was thinking no right off the bat why i mean like he talks about dirt is that what you're basing this on yeah i mean it's in our eyes like shallow graves but we're one in the larva and the dirt and then um like it talks about it fade into black and it's gone and sit back and relax enjoy the like dying and death Okay, fine, fine. I won't. I won't count it. I just think that you can override it. I'm just saying my opinion is probably not. I mean, right. like the theme of death is fine, but this has to be that. Sure, sure, sure. You're right. You know? You're right. I mean, I was already on the fence about it. So if you're a no, I'm on the fence. It's going to be a no. Okay. Uh, um, similar to your vibe from the last song from Dan, I feel like this is a little, um, I don't know, a little cheesy from Matt. Like with the chorus, I think he. Uh, I don't mind the song. I don't mind the music at all. I love a little good like slow jam to kind of like mix it up and all that stuff on the album. And I really don't mind like the verses itself. But I think the chorus is just kind of like dials up just the cheesy cringiness a little bit up uh, for me. Yeah, you know I don't know the 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 music for me is a little bit boring, which is weird because like you know as we've kind of covered like. They can make songs at different tempos that work out just fine. Um, obviously, this is kind of a medium or slower tempo kind of song, but um, the music I find a bit boring. 
Um, but the main thing is kind of what you said. The chorus is like, it's just kind of cheesy, um, kind of cringy for me. Um, cringe, just don't relate like, to it much. Like Cringe, the good song cringe. that they did? Um. Oh, the album Cringin'. Oh, yeah, um, cringing. <laughs> I couldn't even uh, But I don't know what it is, but after hearing what you had said, though, that this was kind of like the idea was to have this kind of like anthem um big kind of, you know, rock album. Like, I get what, like, they were going for and everything. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, like, I used to really just despise the song. I'm still not a big fan of the song. But in listening to this album, you know, um, just several times straight I was, and of course I, I didn't skip songs so i listened through yeah. to this a, a few times here um it doesn't bug me as much as it used to yeah i think i would agree i honestly i think i was a a big hater of this song i believe mm-hmm. uh, hashtag haters gonna hate um yeah but uh that's another sponsor of the show the hashtag haters gonna hate uh, just a good mm-hmm. hashtag to search on any social media platform um but yeah, I think in listening to the album start to finish, like as whether you like love them or not, the songs all do fit together. Like it definitely is an album that is a whole together and is you know plays off of each other, and all the songs like fit what they were going for. Now, whether or not I'm a big fan of what they were going for, you know that's that's just my you know personal opinion. But I'm sure there's people who do dig it, and maybe maybe not. But I'm happy that they took some chances to you know do something different and do something they wanted to do and have some uh kind of shake it up a little bit um but yeah it is what it is not one of my favorite songs by them still but it does make sense same but looking at this you actually have a point with that like the order in which these songs are coming which you know used to be a big deal right it's not like you just hopped on you know apple music or spotify and like okay music hit me with it it's like you put it on an album and like listen to it you know from start to finish so like the vibe of the whole thing would really you know depend on that track listing and like this actually is like pretty varied and pretty well like paced i think so far mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which isn't the case on a lot of their other albums yeah so, yeah yeah um so we'll move into track eight wait eight mm-hmm. yes track eight uh love love Kiss Kiss by Dan the Man. in the background there helping out 
He also has that, you know, little uh, interlude sort of a deal, right? Where he's like, can't escape this yeah. in case of melancholy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thoughts? Uh, I, okay. Prayers? Maybe I'll, thoughts and prayers for my thoughts and feelings on this song. Um, I think if you would have asked me as recently as a month ago uh, in my entire life how I felt about that song, and I probably would have told you it is the worst or bottom three Alkaline Trio songs. Uh, and I was just a big hater of that. Like yeah. the chorus, I like once he starts saying blah, 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 I'm like, fuck, you're just going too hard on like, no, no, man. But um, like, it's similar to how you're feeling, like just like the cheese or the, or the cringe. I mean, it's not like it's embarrassing. It's just like, it's too on the nose for what he's trying to go for. And it still is on the nose, but I think it's on the nose of a Rudolph-like creature that's unique and stands on its own. And now I've actually come to actually really kind of like the song. Um, I, 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 I like the music. It's got that mid-tempo swing, but it keeps it interesting. Um, I like to hear it all the way through now. Yes, the chorus does like lose a little points for me, but really it's... I don't have any complaints about it anymore, and I used to like like find reasons to like oh yeah and and that I hate that, but no like now listening to it and just hearing it right there, I'm into it. So I actually like it. Yeah, this, this song I've always actually been pretty good with. The my only gripe is the chorus because it is too on the nose. It's a little bit like all right, we get it. You know, it's just going a little too far maybe for me. But actually, I really like the lyrics. For the rest of the song, though, it's just yeah. that chorus that kind of kills it. And musically, I like it still quite a bit too. It's got a good pace to it, and um, just kind of a fun song to listen to, aside from that chorus. But um, blah blah blah. <laughs> for me, it's not that part. It's that love, love, kiss, kiss. Yeah. It's like, aren't you like happily married for years now? <laughs> uh, but hey, that's the name of the game in pop punk. I think you got to write these types of yeah, songs. Yeah, um, yeah. Who's paying good, your but, Who's paying uh, your bills? Okay, heartbroken kids. Okay, you can't talk about how happy your marriage is. You gotta, gotta give them something to cry about. You can't be like, I made eight figures last year. <laughs> Wrote a song about that. Um, so yeah, um, uh, you know, just based on what you said, though, I'm very curious to see where you end up um, falling when we a little later on when we get to um, uh, this addiction and it comes up for um, dying, dying, my darling. Yeah, that's uh I've always been a fan of that song, dude. Yeah, that's that's an that's a conversation for a future album. It is. It's coming up. <laughs> um what it's also is weird to me anyway. is like uh, their songwriting, it's like it's pretty like I mean, I'm not a musical theorist or anything. I took some music classes when I was in college and everything, but like I can't play the piano or anything like that at all. But like you know, things come in in four, four, and like, you know, four lines and a change or two over four, like whatever. This, that, it starts out with like five lines. There's like a final line that always is like stuck in my thumb. And I'm like, man, that just, that's like a splinter. That doesn't belong here. So it starts with, take a look and see I painted you the picture. Line one, it's black and white, except the blood's a little richer. Two, down in the corner where I gave it my signature. Three, and then I titled it, this one's for the winter. Four. Boom. Now move on to the next one, right? No. Then it's, check it out. You'll see it's just a big disaster. There's like five. And then it moves into, keeps the, the verses going. It moves into it. And it's, I'll dedicate it to the fact that it's so hard for you to dream. One. A million heartbeats all around you make it hard to sleep. Two. 
It doesn't help that you're freezing your bed. Your blankets aren't enough. Three. And you'll want is someone there, or all you want is someone there, and you'll say it's, and all you'll say is, so what? Four. Then it goes, love, love, kiss, kiss, blah, blah, blah. So, like, the next one is only four. So, I don't know if, like, it's the music from the intro that just gives them an extra beat or gives them an extra, like, line to sing. But it just stands out to me that there's, like, five lines delivered in that. And I don't know. It just always jumps out to me. But now it's like that crazy puzzle box from Hellraiser. You know, it's a song that, like, maybe I, I shouldn't be so interested in, but there's, like, these layers that, like, I'm, like, trying to play with and find reasons to actually, like, maybe I like it because of that, not I'm bothered by it because of that. I, you know, I've never, obviously, I, I haven't taken, um, you know, any classes about, like, you know, songwriting form or anything like that. I just have to skip most of the time, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> no, but I have, like, it, not that it bothered me, but just that last, um, line in that first verse has always like something has been like not unsettling I wouldn't say because it didn't bother me but like just like oh this doesn't seem like it should be there you know? yeah. and I wonder if it's just from like being conditioned from like yeah, you four, know, popular four, music or whatever four, you know? like yeah it, it just naturally fits and flows that way there's just like a fifth just like a one more yeah. time one, one more time through and then it's like oh yeah, I've oh, always no. been like oh that shouldn't be there a little bit but then kind of like well you know I don't know a weird yeah. To it, yeah. It's I don't know where nice. it comes from or why it is, but uh it's interesting. And now it's just puzzled me to be interested. Uh, mm-hmm. but that was track eight. Track nine is up next. This one is called Lost and Rendered. chiming in the background you got that hey that gang chant vocal uh hey. you've also got that hope of ever solving and the yeah i forgot that instrument's called the teraphim or something the one with oh, your hands yeah or... i'm not sure if that's what that is or not yeah it probably it's got to be something weird like that that's like that classic sci-fi kind yeah. of okay uh darkness count on this one i mean i'm on the fence on this one honestly a little bit i, I mean because it uh, talks about yeah, like there's, uh, oh, like in the next verse it goes in, it talks about the creatures of the night just descending on me and no help in sight. Won't be long before we lose daylight. I'm on the fence, but I'm going <laughs> to, he does deliver it that way. I'm going to go ahead and for me, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I'm going to, I mean, a little bit of a stretch for this album so far, which is interesting. Stretch, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say we're at track nine. We've got to have some some dark songs on something called agony and irony with a skull on the cover and everything. Come on. It's, it's gotta be. That was uh, a nice looking um, album cover though. I think, I mean, yeah, it was just their logo, but it looked pretty nice. And I think, yeah. Yeah. Kind of had that weather, fake weathered look and everything. I always liked the, 
the look of that album cover because yeah. they've had some bad ones, I think. So um, yeah, they've had some. Bad ones. So just a, a bland generic one is just like, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> this is a good song, I think. I, I think it's catchy. It's a little uh, extra produced, like rock song from them. So I think it. it it, I feel like it could have been on a previous album, but they kind of like got to leave it in the oven a little bit longer, you know, with some of the time they had to, pr- to produce this. And um, I think it's catchy. I think it's good. And I think lyrically it sounds like an Alkaline Trio song as well, too. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I like this one pretty good. I think it, um, you know, not that there's anything wrong with the last few songs here, but I think it kind of gets things back a little bit. It, it's a little bit of breath of fresh air, I guess, after for me after the last. Uh, yeah, four of the know, three, previous three five songs. So, songs. Yeah, yeah, so. four of the previous five songs were kind of more down beats for me, down ish beats for me. But yeah, um, yeah this is a, a good upswing to the round out the end of the album. And I do like that they just throw all the gimmicks at it, like they have the the weird. You know, ter- whatever that thing is, search him, sci-fi noise, they've got the clock with the ringing, and they've got the, hey! They, you know, just kind of throw a bunch of kind of fun. Yeah. Um, some some texture to the song and everything. Yeah. So I think yeah. I, it doesn't, doesn't miss for me on that. I like that too. Yeah. Uh, track 10 of the penultimate track of the album, um, Ruin It, is up next. And it starts now. Time for this life Just to ruin it So please don't ruin this for me Yes, I understand this lie Hell, I crossed those T's I scratched out all these eyes Myself last night When I promised not to fight So this is what I'm looking like feel about ruin it um i like this one quite a bit um i think it's kind of um probably a bit of a classic dance song you know thematically and even musically um it's it i mean even though they it does seem they kind of just trade off on who gets to have the closer song i i know i've said this before but to me it does seem like they each will write a closer Mm -hmm. for the album like this to me could have been a closer yeah it's got that really cool, like distorted bass to kick it off. That doom, 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 like, and it's got some yeah, like texture that. to it. Um, and then he even starts with like not his like, um, you know, cheesy, heartbrokeny like uh, 
croone he's got like a little bit of a, a mysterious texture and like he just i don't know he gets into this song i think in a different way and i really like that like it's a it's it's still a dan song but he's having some like kind of like rough texture to it with both the distorted bass and his like grittiness you know to it um and I, he he does do that sometimes so that's why i mean like i do think it's on brand even though he does it's not maybe his more usual mold that he's mm-hmm. in you know but um yeah i think it's a great song though i really love it it's a solid song yeah. from dan for sure uh one of my favorites on the album spoiler alert um mm. Yeah, I I love it when that chorus kicks in. Those drums are and like the the bass drums kicking in. Um, I love it when any kind of hi hat and cymbal play happens like that. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of it. Um, you cannot ruin that one for me. Ayo. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, last song of the U.S. based standard album. Uh, track 11 is Into the Night, which we'll play here. Good jam. I think. I think it's a great like I I'm with you in the two songs or album closers, like from them, it always feels that way. I think Ruin It probably ends the album better. I think if they just swap these last through. Um I think so too, yeah. Cause Ruin It ends on like a good just like bone like it's there's enough there that you're like, cool, that like hit me, you know, right where it needed to hit me, and like, all right, let's start this up again. Uh, this is still a great song, though. I I love the catchiness of this song. Um, I'm like into the tempo of it, and I'm even debating its darkness viability here. I think it's got some, uh, you know, talking about carry on, you know, birds that eat, you know, like dead things, and talking about being dragged from the light into the night. Um, I don't know. Hmm. It's might be a stretch. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's, but this album's tough. They they were going for their, their rock epic, not their you know dark you know, underground hit. Yeah, I, I I get your point. I'm not, not so sure. Yeah, I don't know. I could, eh, it's a bit of a stretch for me. But yeah, I, I I'm gonna leave it off. I'm gonna leave it off. We are we're gonna end this count on two of eleven tracks. Only two got our darkness count, and those are both you know debatable. We give it to a second 
Uh, well, I think I called yeah, the first do. one on. Uh, you were like, eh, about it. Or wait, did I? Maybe I didn't change my number. You're right. I think we're only giving it to one. Yeah, I'm gonna update it to one. Uh, but yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on the on the song? Um, yeah, I've always been a fan of the song. I really like the um, yeah, the catchiness. I like the riffage for sure and the chorus. You know, um, guitar wise, it's just fun. Um, lyrically strong. I it, yeah, I kind of think that Ruin It probably is the better closer. Um, it just kind of worked out this way, but. I do also recall, I think it was in like a deluxe edition, they they do an acoustic version of this and Dan sings it, and it's fucking good. I need to look for that then. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds interesting. I want to hear that. That's the ideal album is where they cover each other's songs. We've talked about that. They needed to yes. do that. Just put an album out, 16 songs, eight songs by each of them, where they cover, Matt covers a Dan, Dan covers a Matt, and let's just go with it, you know? Like, why not? Let Derek play the bass, Skiba plays the drums, and Dan plays guitar. Uh, I've seen them do that live for like a Misfit song and stuff like that. Um, like, it could be fun. That would be very fun. Um, no, I like this song, though. I think, um, I guess I'm, I'm not trying to compare them. I think this version is a lot of fun, but I, I really like that Dan version, too, though. So. Yeah, I'm going to seek that out after we're we're done here. Um Cool. So that ended with uh, seven Skiba songs, four Dan songs. Really, not a lot of like um, cross pollination between the two outside of that one where Skiba gets that like that verse in the end. Um, love, love, kiss, kiss has that right? Yeah, with a case of melancholy and you know all that jazz. Yeah. Like it's a good. It's I mean it's fun. I love when it pops in there and all that stuff. Um, but that's the only real like cross pollination between the two of them. Like even like their backing, like even when there's like a backing vocal, like the one song earlier, like it's Skiba's voice just kind of like, you know, layered in with his own song and everything. So it's just yeah. kind of interesting. It's a weird choice. I don't know. Yeah. A lot different than their normal kind of. This may have been at the point where like, you know, they've clearly been an established as a band. They're not spending like the entire writing process together. Like, Matt's writing by himself, Dan's writing by himself, Derek's writing, you know, his own things. And then they come together to like hash it out and like jam together to see what sticks. And they're probably not polishing them up beyond that. Like they probably are bringing in pretty complete type songs to each other. Um, I would assume like that's probably what it is. Maybe in the past they spent more time writing together that allowed for that. I don't know. It's all speculation on my, my point, but. Yeah, I'm trying to. Th I know for a fact at this time, um, Skiba is living in LA. Grant is in New York, and Dan is in um, Chicago still. So yeah, they're not geographically like close all the time. But I'm trying to think of like future albums and if that trend continues. And I feel like it does not. I, yeah, I we'll also have to make... I, you know, have to listen to them. So yeah, we'll have to make note of that. Um, yeah. I think I even remembered reading somewhere that Derek ends up living in florida or something too at some point i don't know but i mean you know, Could be, i think for this time frame that was the arrangement but i just remember like those three kind of you know, major u.s cities like yeah. these, these three guys are at so. um cool well that's the last song of the album so let's break it down and then i do have that uh burned into this house song there is that Love bonus that. track that's in my stomach but i don't have that to play but we can just just hear a little bit of a an extra bonus track at the end too Cool. Um, but yeah, so like I said, it's, uh, seven Skiba songs, four Dan songs total. Um, my number one for the entire album, uh, In Vain.
My number one is also in vain. In vain. Interesting. Fucking love that song. That's yeah. a good song. Good bass. Good just everything all around to it. Love the lyrics. Solid jam. Uh, my number two might surprise you. It's love, love, kiss, kiss. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my number two is Into the Night. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I really, really like that song. I think it's because it's got that faster tempo and energy that if it was on any of their previous albums, it probably wouldn't have stood out to me or like been a favorite. But I think because it's kind of like a, a little bit of a throwback by them kind of bringing up the tempo, um, I just it feels like it's a nice little breath of fresh air for this album and just reminds me of some good up-tempo energy by them. So I really dig that. Um, yeah, no, I get that. I, I like that song quite a bit. Um, my number two, so I'm, you know, I like those pop songs. I, I hit it with Calling All Skellies. Calling All Skellies. All right. Yeah. Uh, my number three, I Found a Way. Hmm. I've always liked that song. And I like the little playful like drum beats and it is catchy and poppy, and uh, yeah, it it works for me. I yeah. found a way to enjoy. I mean, it. I I don't want to disagree with you, but uh, so I guess I won't because number three was also I found a way for mm. me as well. Okay, I'm a big fan of that song. I always have been. Um, I know some people are not too keen on it because it's it, it's definitely a departure musically at least but um yeah and also the douglas p thing who is either a neo-nazi or something or maybe he's uh, some weird thing the aclu just, i think has him on a list or something like that yeah probably a bad guy yeah uh yeah i mean look into it if you're interested um it's yeah i don't think it, yeah, just look into it i don't think he's directly I, himself a nazi but he has been involved with things that are like yeah. It's interesting that this character is involved in these things. I don't know the specifics, I've, and I haven't done no research. Do the research, dude. takeaway is that he's either like a kind of an old school British like shock rock kind of guy, or he's actually just a Nazi. It's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you haven't done the research like I mentioned. Yeah, I don't know enough, but I did do a little bit of reading about it. And I saw he was on uh, the ACL. He used like a list of like um, hate music and all that stuff and uh yeah. they tried to put the record label who put, puts out his records on it because of them publishing his albums and they were like well no it's actually not if you and, and there's a whole back and forth about it but either way there's that much smoke you know i don't know i would this know is that for I would the death involved. in june fans to reconcile with this isn't for us who the guy happens to read some, some whatever strange, the hell it was on yeah yeah, so. yeah. yeah. dougie p um yeah uh, sorry baby uh where are we at number four uh yes. is ruin it for me man i think this is the one we've probably so far agreed on the most i've got four ruin it wow three of yes. our top four the same that's interesting uh number five let's see if you match it up help me no number five we've got into the night oh but that was my two so still yeah. in our top five three of the songs are the same but some of them were dead matches for yeah. rank. And in vain, I found a way and ruin it, or in the same spots. So one, two, three, four, five. So my six is lost and rendered. My six is help me. Help me. Help uh, me. Help me. One please. off. Uh, my seven is calling all skeletons. Seven is lost and rendered. <laughs> oh wow! So they're really yeah. close to each other. I mean, it's that kind of album, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, my eight. Love, love, kiss, kiss. Mm. 
My eight is also love, love, kiss, kiss. <laughs> well, this is where... Probably more fun when we disagree, I think. But yeah. I guess it's fun either way. We're just seeing... At this point, I'd be okay if the album just accidentally deleted these songs and and made this a shorter album. Um, But Do You Want to Know is my, what, nine? Yep, number nine is also Do You Want to (laughs) Know. Ten, Over and Out. That is also Over and Out. (laughs) That makes 11, Live Young, Die Fast at the bottom of my my album. By default, yes. Yeah. yeah, those three, again, like, not bad songs, you know? Like, am I going to listen to Counting Crows, or am I going to listen to Live Young, Die Fast? Well, I'm going to listen to Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows, because it's just kind of funny. Okay, but maybe, am I going to listen to Limp Biscuit, or am I going to listen to this, you know? Yeah, eh, I might listen to Limp Biscuit because it's kind of funny. Um, okay, but am I going to listen to ICP? Or am I going to listen to this? I'm going to mm-hmm. listen to this all day long. That's true. That's very true. Um, well, then, album ranks. I got to plug this in here. Oh, my. I don't even have my active list right here, but I know what it is off the top of my head. So I'm plugging mine in. I will read my um, complete list. Uh, we said... After we talked about it, Crimson ended up being my number one. Good Morning, two, still holds on. From Here to Infirmary is my three, still holds on. Uh, Maybe I'll Catch Fire still holds on to four. God Damn It still holds on to my five. Agony and Irony is currently slotted at the sixth spot. It does come at the bottom for me at this point. Yeah, I hope I didn't switch up my list because I'm just doing it off memory, but I I don't think I did. what if I did? I, I just did. Just magic of editing. Uh, I can edit it. Yeah. And... So for number one, you know, from here to infirmary. Number two, I've got Good Morning. Number three, I've got God Damn It. Number four, I've got Crimson. Five, I've got Maybe I'll Catch Fire. And then uh, Distant Six, I've got Agony and Irony. Distant Six, yeah. Oh, excuse me. I didn't mean to say. <laughs> On the page, I mean, I, I ran out of room. I had to write it further down. It oh. wasn't there's yeah. a few inches between uh, right. the text. Physically distant on the on the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that's uh, agony and irony. Um, let's just hear a little bit of that. Burned in burned is the house. Uh, I keep wanting to say something different there, um, but I'll just play that just to hear something different. And we'll probably go back and listen to a lot of these like B sides and rarities and things like that on some kind of like bonus episode or something like that when we're all done. Uh, but here's just a treat to that part of burned is this house burned is the house get to the chorus but um good song 
uh, he also provided his own backing vocal himself there. I was noticing that, yeah. But um, real quick, the start of this song, too. Uh, let me restart it real quick. Let me see if you can hear something similar. Does anybody know where I can go get high? <laughs> oh, man. It sounds like really similar, both in the, the twanginess of the guitar, the drum tempo? feed, all of that. Like, you can just drop in that little that's chorus. That's true, dude. That's dead on. <laughs> oh. Have you been listening to that album recently? Or, um, or you just remember that song? Because that song's not like... Yeah, it's a fun not. song. It's a little fun song. I mean, it's yeah, not a fun song. yeah. Not, it's definitely not one of the better ones on that album. But I will get to that. You know, yeah. I think I've listened to it recently. I think I've listened to all of them in this year. I've listened to every album for sure, but not. I haven't done like the regular like pre-game listening like we have mm. for that album yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do you like that song? Burned is the house. Uh, dude, I love that song. If that song were on the album, it would probably be like my second or third favorite song on there. Yeah. It's got a good tempo to it. It's got a good sound. Um, he's got some really good like vocals, but also the lyrics are creatively inserted and kind of like playful. Like it doesn't have that rock epic sound to it though, which is probably why no. they ended up kind of like lopping it off. Um, nice. But is the album better for it or not? I don't know. Cause like I said, like the album does feel like all those songs feel like they're on agony and irony. Like it makes sense. Start to fr- start to finish. Those are all from that album. Um, this one would have kind of stood out because of that, but it's still a good song. And so it's kind of weird that it get got kind of got left out in the dust. Yeah. Plus it's also um, based on the same house from maybe I'll catch fire. What's that? Oh, okay. I was like, kidding, are you being serious? But like, no, no, you're just because they're talking about houses and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, fun. Right. Uh, well, that's, I'm going to. That's canon, dude. Okay. Yeah, it's Alkaline Trio story canon. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go seek out and try and listen to that Into the Night uh, alternate version. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, that's uh, Agony and Irony. Uh, next episode. What is the next episode? Should be um, this addiction, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. Why am I forgetting that? This addiction. Uh, mm-hmm. That is going to be our next one. So uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say about this? No. Over and out. <laughs>